Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Um, I think this is episode 93. Um, at the time of recording, uh, the gyms have now been open for for a solid week and a half up here in Scotland um, for a little bit longer down south. Um, if you are anywhere else in the world, I hope that the gyms are open for you. I hope that you are taking advantage of it and going absolutely all in on every single set, which I, I assume that you are. Um, it's been now, I think it's, there's been two shows so far the bodybuilding season uh, sorry three there was the, the sort of double header regional and then there was the Ben Weeder this past weekend and then this coming weekend um, we've got the MK Classic we've got three clients competing in that by the time that this podcast goes live those those clients um, will have competed already and um, if you want to kind of see how they've done I'm sure just all you need to do is take a look at my Instagram page um, but we have some very very good physiques going up um, and I'm really excited to see what they can do. This, this actual past weekend we had um, an athlete, um, Neil Renee, go uh, in for the Ben Weeder and he won um, men's physique um, beginners. So Neil, if you're listening, congrats mate, um, you did you did me proud, you did yourself proud. Um, and for anyone out there listening who, who maybe isn't a coach, I can't tell you how, how much of a good feeling it is to see an athlete be successful. Now, successful doesn't need to be winning. Successful can just simply mean, uh, for some people, getting up on stage, it's maybe um, a crux of theirs, something they convince themselves they couldn't do and they overcome a demon inside and that's a huge sort of achievement for them. For others, it might be grabbing a place. It might be, you know, getting a third, getting a second or getting a first. Um, whatever the goal is, um, it's, it's always very, very rewarding. And I think, personally, for me, seeing an athlete gain success is more rewarding than the actual feeling of competing myself and, and sort of winning shows or, or whatever it is. Uh, there's something, you know, something different in the gravy, um, as they say, uh, when you help someone achieve a result versus versus doing it on your own. It's a, it's a huge passion of mine, something that, you know, I, I can't wait to continue to do for athletes this year, next year, and, you know, well into the future. Um, and I think I could probably speak for both Clara and Ali as well, when, when I say we get huge, um, huge enjoyment, joy, fulfillment out of helping our clients, you know, compete, um, but also do photo shoots or just achieve, you know, amazing life transformations. We often talk about, it's our mission to help you become an, an elite version of yourself. And <clears throat> for, as, for as, you know, cringy as that might sound, Effectively, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to completely change your mindset. We're trying to completely change your body. And we're trying to get rid of some old habits, some limiting beliefs that perhaps are holding you back and instill some empowering ones. When you look at it like that, it becomes a lot more than just a, a simple program and a meal plan. Um, and that's what coaching should be anyway. So I guess that kind of takes us into today's topic. Speaking about shows as they are, I feel that what a lot of people will do is they'll put a lot of things on Instagram about the lead up to a show you'll see a lot of pictures you know of hey i'm looking this lean and this many days out this is how i feel this is how things are going can't wait to compete 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 and then all of a sudden they do compete and it's like their instagram goes quiet or they go quiet on instagram stories or whatnot until maybe they get their stage photos back then maybe you'll see a few stage photos and then they'll be like that oh i'm struggling a wee bit but you're you know i'm, I'm so happy on the day blah 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 but one of the reasons that they often kind of go quiet i think and I'm speaking from experiences here, is I think that they feel embarrassed and they kind of have a fear of being judged. At least I did back in 2017. I'm speaking from experience here. Um, main reason why, body weight trends upward fairly quickly if you can't control your eating. You know, you can see your body change 
overnight and become fairly soft when you know all you've been used to the past couple of months is dry, hard, shredded, and on you know compounding that you have this sort of uncontrollable drive to eat absolutely everything in sight. And this is why I wanted to do a kind of a, a podcast on the, the post-show phase or post-shoot phase, you know, rebound, whatever you want to call it. Yes, I've done them before, but I wanted to sort of do a podcast that just explains, you know, why this happens, you know, what to expect post-show. If you're a first-timer or a beginner, and the majority of the you're listening to this are, just, you know, what you should expect because you you won't really know, you can listen to this, but until you actually experience it, you will not be able to relate whatsoever. The people that have dieted before and they've been through this, they'll be sitting there going, holy shit, yeah, I fucking know what he's talking about. And for you guys, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some of my personal experience sort of later on in the podcast, some do's and don'ts, so that next time around when you do it, it can be a bit more successful. What I would say is the more times you do this, the easier that it gets. So where do we start? We have to, to sort of start in, in the lead up, right? You, you've more likely been dieting for four or five months for this sort of chosen show or photo shoot or event, whatever it is, maybe it's a holiday. And in that time frame, you know, you have endured high levels of, of hunger, high levels of fatigue, lethargy, poor energy, disrupted sleep, poor mood, and maybe perhaps low libido. And all these are fairly common side effects of pulling body fat levels down to the extreme levels. And again, if you're a first time, you're going to experience them. Some of them can come as quite a shock. And I think that it's, it's quite useful to have a chat with your partner about what what's to come, especially um, the low libido side of things can really have a, an impact on relationships um, where partners can kind of think, you know, is there something wrong with me when no, there's not. It's just the individual who's dieting, his body has decided they no longer need to do that to survive. Um, so that can drop. So sometimes just making your partner aware of what's coming. So in that time frame, you know, towards the end, you have maybe become very food focused in the last few weeks. It's mostly in part due to obviously the, the first time you've been restricting your calories and maybe perhaps restricting some sort of food choices like you can no longer eat the full Galaxy Share bar, family bar, um, or the, the five, six packs of crisps at one time. You've maybe completely changed your diet. And you know, for, you've done this for, for months. On top of that, you, you probably feel pretty shitty at any other time of the day apart from when you're eating. You, know, you might find that you eat and you feel somewhat human again for 30 minutes and then you're back to, to feeling fucked. However, because you know you'll be in front of a camera or you'll be on a stage, you know, in little clothing, you know, you put up with the hunger. You put up with the other side effects because you want to look at your best, you want to give it your all, you've invested so much time, uh, you know, you've invested so much of your life in this. It gives you such a strong and powerful reason not to overeat, not to consume extra calories, to stick to your plan or your daily targets, whatever this is. Um, however, you know, you've you persevered. However, once the shore shoot's done, you know, what happens then? And that's kind of where we start, what to expect. And I'm going to first start off with hunger. So your sort of strong and powerful reason to not to eat and overindulge is now completely gone. Show day or photo shoot day, it's such an incredible buildup of emotions and you have such a high thereafter, then all of a sudden it is gone. It's over in a flash. And without having some sort of direction of, okay, we're going straight into an improvement phase or whatever, it can leave you feeling a little bit lost. And I always feel that you know, any reasonable coach, any reasonable coach is going to give their athletes a few days off post-diet, post you know, or post-show, sorry, um, post-shoot. And, you know, that's going to allow for some celebration, some time with family, friends, 
reduce cravings, reduce diet changes, fatigue, and just sort of kind of feel quote unquote normal again and not have to be so restrictive. Now, usually though, after a few days, you know, you're often asked to, to go back on a plan and to stick to, to some sort of calorie or macronutrient limit. However, this is a big however, especially if it's your first time, your body, your mindset, should I say, might not be entirely ready to do so if your food focus is extremely high. And if you've died for the first time, it's going to be extremely high. Where, you know, you didn't have chocolate in the house before because you had a fear of eating it, there might not be a few bars. People have said, oh, you know, there's a bar and, you know, that's, you know, well done and have that after your show. Um, and in an instant, you know, the, the, the I'm only going to have a little bit can turn into that whole Galaxy Share Bar, as I said. And, and it can often feel at times, especially what it felt like for me, and this is how I describe it, an uncontrollable urge to eat more. And at first, like, it can be really puzzling. And I, I remember... Um, back in 2017, the first time I died to extremes, I had a coach called James Sutton, who, uh, you know, a week a, a week after my show, I took it off, and then I went went on call with James. Um, we talked about the diet, it was fine. A weekend, I messaged him and I went, James, I'm, I'm really, really embarrassed. I cannot stick to these calories. You know, what's going on? I says, I just, like, I find myself just overeating, like, I'm, I'm going to bed hungry, so I'm getting up and I'm having a couple of bagels with, you know, Biscoff or whatever it is. Um, I, just, I just can't do it. And if you're sitting there thinking, well, Vaughn, why does that happen? Let me break it down for you. You've been actively starving your body for months, right? You've never, ever done this before. And, you, you know, you're trying to take body fat levels down to a place that your body really doesn't like hanging around there. It's not comfortable sitting at those low levels. And what I want to add there is remember that some body fat is essential for the, you know, the human body survival. If you were to continue dieting and continue dieting, you would eventually die, right? Which is quite morbid. But anyway, as we're dieting, you know, we, we downregulate your body's metabolism. Um, but we also throw off um, hunger um, and satiety signaling hormones. And, and they are, the hunger would be something called ghrelin and the satiety would be leptin. And these are just signals, you know, that, that tell your brain whether you are full or not. And here's the thing, when you when you diet to these extremes, you can become somewhat leptin resistant, right? Okay, that's, again, that's a fancy word. So what I'm meaning by that is just saying, you can get to the point where your body, the signal which your body you know, should send to the brain and say, listen, we are full, stomach is full, we no longer need, um, you know, we no longer need any more, any more food. Our fat cells are saying, no, no, we're good here. Um, your brain doesn't register it. So it doesn't tell you, stop eating. So what do you do? You know, combine this with food focus being high, some trigger foods being in the house, such as chocolate. It can re- re- lead to, to very, very big overeating episodes. You know, maybe you have stuck on plan. That's what I did. You know, I had all my calories, I had all my meals. And then just later on, it was just like, fuck this. Like, I'm going for it. Um, and that sort of uncontrollable urge that you've never ever had before in your life um, it's, it's really worrying and I think people think it's not going to go away but what I want to do is just rest assured that the body will somewhat in a way reset itself um, and these sort of hunger satiety signals uh, signal hormones will will balance out and will sort of kick back in when you have increased your food you know support increasing metabolism and, and, and also added a bit of body fat you know you're going to have to do that to to make sure that you're, you're not leptin resistant anymore shall, shall we say um, so 
most athletes, and this was the same for me, will say after like a week or two, there's literally like a flick of a switch and you just instantly feel back in control. And what I would say is that that flick of the switch, it becomes easier and it gets around quicker the more that you diet. Um, and it becomes easier to manage. And I would say that, you know, my my second diet in 2019, there wasn't really a flick of the switch because I was so, like, well, I use anabolic steroids, right? And, and if you don't know, you can really utilize them post-diet post, post diet to add a lot of muscle. So I was so obsessed with that phase that I, I, I managed hunger fine. Food focus was fine. Um, and then because I'd done it once, then the second time when I did it after competing in 2020, um, it was even easier to do. And, and I think that that depends on the type of individual you are. Um, I would not class myself now as normal when it comes to having a, rela- uh, you know, a relationship with food. I wouldn't say it's poor. I would say I'm, I'm very, um, I'm very, what's the word I'm, I'm trying to look for here? I, I find eating, especially in off season, really, really annoying. Um, it's a struggle to get food in and I'm able to in prep to switch off any sort of food food focus you could say um, that I don't get hungry I guess I just ignored it for so long um, that my brain stopped sending the signal um, and how I know that I'm hungry is that I get really really low energy levels so then I, I need to eat so I, I'm, I may be a little bit different gravy from, from the norm um, but you will more than likely feel very hungry and have that sort of flick of the switch um, so the next thing, you know, what to expect weight gain is, is I guess, the second thing. And this is something that you have to accept. You know, you're going to gain weight immediately after these sort of, you know, events, whether they're shoots or shows. Your body weight as a whole in those days won't be a true reflection of where you're at because, you know, let's face it, you may be played about with uh, diuretics, water, electrolytes, and you're in a dehydrated state. You've been playing about with food. You know, you're trying to present the physique as sometimes as dry as possible, nice and full, and it, it's you know pull, pulling water out of the body. So it's then common sense that when you, you know, the minute that you put fluid back in, electrolytes back in, and some food back in, you know it's going to bring with it some some weight gain, more likely in the in the form of fluid retention. So what I say to clients is rather than think about okay, this is what my stage weight was. When we begin your gaining phase, your bulking phase, we don't say right, okay, we're X amount of kilos up from stage. I say right, I, I'm going to naturally say after you've put fluid in, you've you know, put food in, blah, blah, you're more likely going to be two or three kilos up from stage weight. And, and, and that's where we go from. Now, this is what I must say. I'm speaking in such generic terms here. You know, there's individuals that are completely different. You know, we cannot compare uh, a five foot one bikini girl um, and a six foot four male that uses anabolic steroids. We just can't do that, right? So anyway, back to my original point. I'll get to that later. Um, you're probably thinking, well, Vaughn, why, why do we, why do we get so soft overnight? And and let me get into that. As we as we diet, we become very insulin sensitive. You know what insulin is? It's just a hormone uh, released by the body in response to eating. And what it does, it just helps shuttle nutrients into to muscle cells, but it also does this from fat cells. So alongside shuttling these sort of nutrients into cells, we also see a little bit of water uptake as well, and a little bit of sort of water, like visually see that as water retention. 
So in, in this sort of like extremely lean state, your insulin sensitivity is very high, meaning that it can shuttle nutrients into cells at quite a fast rate. You know, if you're listening to this and you've dieted before, you know, you know there's always a period where you look really, really full and then you still look pretty shredded. It's just because your insulin sensitivity is super, super high. Um, so let's take an example. If we are very insulin sensitive and we consume carbohydrates that are high in simple sugars, you know, I'm talking like your cakes, your biscuits, stuff like that, you know, we're going to have a fair, fair sharp rise in blood sugar, um, whereby in that, in, in that instance, um, insulin is going to promote, like, especially if you're sedentary, like you're chilling out, insulin is going to promote nutrient uptake into fat cells opposed to muscle. It still will go into muscle, but more readily will go into fat cells. However, if we, if we were at rest, you know, we would more likely, um, we've consumed carbohydrates that are high in, let's say, complex sugars, such as potatoes, rice, um, things that digest a little bit slower um, and, and have a lesser effect on spiking uh, your blood sugar, then that's more likely going to promote that into muscle cells. So by now, I hope that you can figure out that if you have been overindulging for more than a few days, you know, you've been on the biscuits and the cakes for a few days, and you think about insulin and everything I've said, um, it's no-brainer that scale weight is going to rise very, very quick. Um, and if we consider, we also need to consider that some of those meals that you ate might perhaps been uh, quite high in salt and you know maybe perhaps you had some burgers you know, you had Domino's pizza kebabs and that whatever it is and it's just going to further compound the problem why high salt intake will make the body retain water it's as simple as that and you can imagine how much of a vicious cycle that this is going to be because each meal that you eat you feel like you've got a bit more energy you feel a bit more human again um and your food focus is high. So then you continue to do this. However, you've got to be really, really cautious. And the reason I say that is I've easily seen people gain six to eight kilos of body weight in a week of a show um, and it not come off. You know, and that can really, really impact someone's mental health. It can impact, it can for sure ruin their off season and shorten that by quite considerable. Or, if they've continued at this rate for two or three weeks before you know it, you need to diet again before you actually push up, which is which is terrible um, position to be in. However, if you, as I said earlier, you know, if you are a male-assisted bodybuilder, then that sort of weight gain, that's not going to affect you quite as much as a five-foot-one bikini girl. You know, everything, everything, you know, in context is key here. Me personally, for those of you that don't know, I pushed up from I think it was one hundred and three kilos. To, I think we finished at 128 and I'm sure I did that in like was it 8 weeks I think it was 8 weeks I did that in um, but I was utilising certain drugs you know my, my uh, testosterone levels were very high um, and, and that was helping me add some tissue um, in an off season I'll go, I went to 132 however We'll know that as a as a female, um, don't be wrong. You know, females are still going to go about ten kilos above stage weight, right? Easily, uh, maybe perhaps a bit more. Especially if we think maybe you know use Clara as an example. Her stage weight was forty six, I think. Um, maybe it was forty five, and then we pushed her up to sixty one uh, before we recomped her back down to about fifty seven um, this year before she preps um, later on this year. So again, as I said, everything sort of here is is key, um, and I guess. That gives you a description of what can happen. And, and I want to try and give you some do's and don'ts from me being an absolute dickhead um, 
with some food um, and me seeing some strategies that I've worked with clients over the years. And um, what I want to say is firstly, like, please accept it is completely natural for your body to be sending these signals to overeat. You know, it wants to function optimally, wants to get back to a state of, you know, we call homeostasis or balance as quickly as it can. Um, and it's totally natural. As I said, the more you do this, the more the body kind of knows like, right, okay, I'm not gonna be here forever. We're, we're gonna get with this so that they don't send the signal quite as much. I've found experience. Let me t- tell you about um, my first my first show. You know, something that I'm pretty open and honest about. I remember uh, I was fucking miserable. Uh, when looking back, you know, I was, I was a miserable bastard. Why? Dieted on like chicken and brown rice over 20 weeks, almost like in every meal. Um, I'll never never make that mistake again. Made me, made me very food focused. Um, and what I'd done um, is I went into Asda uh, the day before my show, or the morning of, I think it was, and I bought like 60 pound worth of shite food. I'm talking food that I would have never have eaten in an off season just because I could, right? And all that food that I wouldn't usually eat, obviously I couldn't consume it post-show, so what did I do? I went in the cupboards. And this was the food that I found myself overeating all the time, right? I'd get out of bed and say, all right, there's biscuits, I'll have them. And then it got to a point, that flick of the switch happened, and I just took all that food and I just binned it. I was like, fuck that, I don't eat that shit. Um, and I've never, ever done that again. Um, so what I would say is, don't be like me. Don't go buy 56 worth you know, 56 pound um, worth of, of of shit. Um, other things that I did that I would like you not to do, I created a list of things I wanted to eat post-show. And that was some of the stuff, some of the stuff I bought was on the list. That I, you know, I bought that. Um, and I was like, I need to go to this restaurant, that restaurant, and you get McDonald's, and you get this, and you get that. Um, don't do that. Because what it makes you do is it makes you want to tick it off. If you're a bodybuilder, you're a box ticker, you want to go tick those things off on the list. Um, Simultaneously, please do not hoard a box of chocolate or treats that you will have for after. People do this all the time. Um, I found that this can just end up in complete disaster. And before you know it, the box is gone, the list that you'd made up, um, there's restaurants and that food, that's ticked off, um, and you're up eight kilos, nine kilos, 10 kilos, um, and you're feeling pretty pretty terrible. Um, Instead, if you're gonna buy those types of food, buy them one at a time. You know, don't have them in the house. If you feel that you can't control yourself around them, we're going to call them trigger foods. If you feel you can't control yourself around them, don't have them in the house in large quantities until you feel like that flick of the switch has happened and you feel like you can you can kind of have a little bit and then and then say no. And then I'd always suggest another thing not to do is don't just stop eating veg, right? If you've been eating sort of like a few meals with high veg intake, um, which helps with satiety, it helps that feel fooling. Um, so let's say you've been eating chicken, veg, and some potatoes, and all of a sudden you switch to biscuits and whey protein. <laughs> which one is going to leave you feeling uh, hunger uh, and wanting to eat a bit more? It's, it's a no-brainer that, okay, biscuits and that are not inherently bad, and sun's okay, but if it's every single day and it's multiple times a day and you're, you're gaining weight quick, um, it's certainly not the not the ideal scenario to do. So you know what, what are the do's then? So what I'd say is, is you know, the first couple of days, you know, two or three days, guilt-free, enjoy that time, you know, you've been missing out on, you know, stuff with your family and friends and occasions and whatnot, you know, maybe you've missed weddings and events and this, that and the next thing. So I always implore clients to eat like an adult, not a child in those scenarios and, and that advice tends to work well to, to, to have them not being like, 
oh, well, I had my lunch and I had some Skittles and a pack of crisps and then I went and had an ice cream cone and then we got abdominals at night and I was hungry so I had a kebab late. You know what I mean? We don't want that. I want you to eat like an adult um, and you should be okay. Thereafter, after a few days, I get right back on plan, uh, but I increase your calories anywhere between 500 to 1,000 by each day. Um, and again, that would be, speaking in generic terms, it's completely person dependent um, and 100% different between male and female, especially between assisted males um, and natural females. There's a huge variance. Um, to give you an example, uh, one of my guys that's competed this year, won't name him, um, he's assisted and I put his calories up by 1,000 each day and he looks, looks bang on the money. Um, how has that helped? Well, I put them up enough so that he could train fucking hard, he could feel good, but obviously it also removed food focus because he was eating quite a lot of food. So it limited that sort of occurrence of overeating um, and it's it's worked really well. Um, in the same instance, if you are a uh, you know, natural bikini girl, you're still going to want to increase them a little bit. But on top of that, you know, I, speak, I guess I speak for both parties, what you can do is make sure that you reduce your cardio, reduce your steps um, and get right back on a, a training program. What you need to remember is that training was maybe maybe quite shit for you and you didn't enjoy it the last few weeks of your diet. See, there's more food in, you're just gonna, things are gonna fly, you're gonna feel strong, you're gonna feel good, and you're gonna get that mindset of eating for performance, opposed to just like being like, ah, oh, fuck it, I wasn't enjoying it anyway. Um, I've seen quite a lot of people over the years uh, put off training for weeks post-show or post-shoot, and you'll trust me when I say that you'll, You'll find your love for it again quick with a bit more food in the system. You'll, you'll maybe feel feel quite invincible for for quite a few um, for quite a few weeks uh, on a little bit more food, um, and I think that it encourages you not to not to overeat. Um, if I'm honest, when you get right back into training, but of course you need a few days off, mitigate some dietary induced fatigue, and whatnot. And I think in the same instance, you know, ensuring you have a meal off plan incorporated into your weekly plan that you've got, whether that's a daily calorie limit or um, you know, an actual meal plan, just to give you some, some flexibility, give you something to look forward to each week and be able to plan ahead on things you've wanted to do, places you want to go, maybe perhaps you've got an anniversary with your, your partner, um, you've got a birthday or whatever it is, be able to say, right, okay, on that day, um, you know, I'm going to be good, I'm going to stick to my calories, but on that day, that's where we have our you know, meal out, our takeaway, or our, you know, we cook in or whatever it is, um, and that give you an opportunity to, to, to really not... Not think about bodybuilding for a wee while. That, that I think that really, really works. I don't know any any successful coach that doesn't put in off-plan meals in their clients' off-season or bulking plans. Um, if someone tried to say it to me, I'd, I'd tell them to get They say, no, no, that's not, that's not incorporate. I'd tell them to get fucked. I'd tell them, is that where to go? Um, because I feel that that's part of... That's part of life, you know. We don't all want to be pro bodybuilders. Um, even the pro bodybuilders, gonna, <laughs> they're so big, and uh, they need a meal off plan each week just to get the calories in. But uh, as I said, ensure that's incorporated in, whether you are male, female, or you know, however big you are. But just don't take the piss with it. You know, if you're on a meal plan, I often say to clients like drop that last meal and just have a free meal. If you're on a macro plan, I say right, whatever your usual your last meal is, drop that and have like a a meal. It's it's one meal, right? It's not a binge day. It's not a cheat day. Some people call it. It's not a Oh, brilliant! On that day, I get uh, you know I get to eat pop tarts all day and sweeties, and then have like my takeaway, then I have a piece of cake, then I have ice cream, then I have a bag of shit Maltesers, and have some crisps at night. You know, it's not that because that's a sure way of getting fat. It's just it's just a meal in there that's going to help re- reduce that food focus, help you sort of kind of get over um, the cravings and whatnot, and allow you to have something to look forward to. Um, so I, I guess I think that's it. Like, if I was to summarize. Um, this podcast I would say that in the lead up to your show you know you're going to experience a lot of side effects high levels of hunger lethargy fatigue etc whatever we talked about 
and you can become very food focused. Once the show is over, it's natural to sort of experience some uncontrollable tendencies with food, the, the urge to continue to eat, and that's just simply down to some, you know, what's going on with your body hormones, but eventually, after some time, that's gonna drastically reduce, there'll be that flick of the switch, and you're gonna feel a bit more human again. You should always kind of be cautious about overeating and having, I would say, you know, trigger foods in the house um, that can lead to, you know, excessive, you know, if you were to, to, to have foods in there, you continue to overeat, you know, it's going to avoid any sort of excessive weight uh, weight gain or fat gain if those foods aren't there. Um, keep your veg intake high, meal off plan, etc, etc. There's lots of, as I said, common do's and don'ts that you can follow to avoid these. I'm sure there's people that will agree with me on those and then those that don't. I'm just giving you some things that work for me um, and my clients over the years, some, some sort of personal experience. You may have other strategies that work really well for you and if they do, I implore you to keep doing them. If you if you are struggling post-show and you're listening to this podcast, what I want you to do is, is reach out, let me know how it's helped you. But what I'd like you to also do is I'd like you to share it with someone who you feel needs to hear it. Someone that's maybe perhaps competed before, someone that's coming up to their show and they're worried about this or they're not even thinking about it. It's good to just be aware of what's coming and be aware of, okay, how can I manage this and get back to sort of feeling quote unquote normal and in a position where I'm in control of my food um, and whatnot. Because the last thing you would want is from bodybuilding to, you know, to then incorporate uh, disordered eating and then maybe perhaps later down the line, which is completely out of my remit, you know, uh, an eating disorder or whatever it is. So guys, I hope that that helps. Um, I think that wraps up today's episode. Um, as I said, if you enjoy it, please let me know. As a final thought, we do have uh, an eight-week physique elite pro or eight-week elite physique program running um, this month as the twenty-sixth of May. Pre-registration is now open. We have an early bird offer that will only, at the time this podcast goes live, only have a few days left. And on the pre-registers now, it's looking like we'll be at capacity um, pretty soon on from when sales go live. So don't miss out, um, and make sure you head over to www.vidophysique.com um, to sign up today. So that's it, guys, for me. Wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.